Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Saturday night's episodes. I may have forgotten that the other day of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AW Rampage, but also AW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Debate. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete a quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to review. Hey, I just met you. And this is crazy. But here's my number. <laughs> Baby. <laughs> And Michael Sidgwick, this sure was an episode of AEW Rampage. This sure was an episode of AEW Rampage. Uh, oh my God, how inessential was this? How broadly fine was this? Mm. I say broadly fine. I spent a lot of this episode asking questions and being just a bit bored, <laughs> which is the opposite of what I want to feel. I want to sometimes ask questions mm-hmm. of my wrestling show, but it all pertains to storyline directions and where I wanted to go. I don't want to ask, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? I want to be immersed in the action. I want to enjoy it. I want to feel it's worth my time. And I want to ask the good questions. Mm. I want to ask, oh, what role does he play in this? Or What's going to go on there? I don't want to say why they're doing this and why is what I'm watching just by modern standards passable. Show me this like four years ago. It's bloody great. Oh, God, this is just so dull. Yeah, it was yet again a Monday lunchtime watch from the two of us. I watched, well, I started, this will pad out some time. (laughs) I had every intention. This is my itinerary. So I had a lovely night out on Friday, and I thought, oh, hungover, rampage. And then with beautiful, sharp relief, I was like, oh, my God, it's not even, I don't have to watch it hungover. So I didn't have to watch it on Saturday morning, so I was faced with the decision. Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Monday morning. Okay. And I eventually arrived at, uh, I started watching a film on the Sunday night. What you go for? Started to watch. I don't know why, because it really... Bummed me out. Was I ever seen there? We need to talk about Kevin. No, I've heard things about it, but I've, I've heard never... it's a really good film. And it just, I was just going through the thumbnails on Netflix. I was like, I'm not in a wrestling mood. 
can't be bothered. And I watched this because I thought, oh, you know what, I've heard it's good. Compelling, lurid subject matter, apparently mm. handled in a very fascinating way. And my God, what a depressing film. <laughs> what a kind of thought-provoking, but ultimately a very bleak film. And I usually just, 10 o'clock's my bedtime. But I was just like, I was going to watch, I'd sometimes, we sometimes go like half now, half later. Or if it's a film that Francis just simply doesn't want to watch, which she wouldn't. I'll just still do half now, half mm, later. Yeah. But I stayed up till 11 o'clock, Will. Oof. 11 o'clock, and I was already bloody out late on the Friday. You're so paying for that. I had to get up at 20 past six and thought I can cram all of this in, fast forward through the ads before I have to wake the kids up. And I was like, I'm just so bored. I'll watch the rest on my lunch. Mm. What am I doing here? It's an hour. I could just do my lunchtime. Yeah. I, uh, do you want to know how I spend my Friday night? Yes. I didn't watch it. Because I've already watched it, as you know. So I watched my wife and her friend watch the Murder Murders. Ah, oh. which was because I know where it's going. I've seen it, and uh, oh boy, <laughs> I think they they got America an inkling where it was heading. So broken. It's one of those ones where you know you're watching something and, and like, what's a good example? But like you're watching a film and you already know what happens. Who the, the, the heel heel <laughs> bad guy is. Uh, you know, who the, oh, actually, they're maybe not intentions of the what they initially seem. And early on, they were making comments, and I just didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, I desperately wanted to say, mm, well, stick around. Uh, it was a, a joy to behold. Well, as much as you can enjoy something, obviously, that horrific. Yes, uh, if you don't want any spoilers for the murder murders, skip the next minute. But, like... I thought watching it for the first half, it should be called The Murder Manslaughter, mm. which that's a bit clickbaity. Where are the murders? That's not really a murder. It's manslaughter. Yeah. And they use a character assassination to conceal a plot twist, yeah. which is a bit... Is that on? I'm not sure. Mm. It's, uh, it's pretty not on, but it took me by surprise, so it delivered as a plot twist nonetheless. Better than Rampage. <laughs> yeah, like True crime on Netflix and really depressing films about nature versus nurture. Better than Rampage. So let's get into Rampage. That opens with, on paper, a great match. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs defending the TNT Championship against Penta El Zero Miedo. Was it very good? Mm, there was one sling blade in there and I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah. Um, again, I like... An enjoyable match, but I was like, let's get to the shenanigans because this isn't going to be powerhouse Hobbs outpowering and out-wrestling because you've got all the people at ringside. That's exactly what happened, basically. Yeah, they exchange strikes early on. Um, Penta knocks Hobbs to the floor with a drop kick, goes for a tope, and Hobbs hits him with this great-looking forearm as he comes through the ropes. And I'm like, that's that's the match I want to see. But we all Great cut off that. Yeah. Uh, I did like the fact the commentators were like, Look at QT Marshall stood there with that TNT championship thinking he deserves to be wearing it. Um, so Hobbs chucks Penner around ringside into the barricades. Um, Penner tries to catch Hobbs with a kick in the ring as they get back in there, but Hobbs grabbed his foot and yanked him into a backbreaker. That was tasty. Um, Hobbs takes the referee. Different gravy. Uh, and QT Marshall temporarily, let's say, ties Penner's mask to the bottom rope because by the time Abraham is there, he was just like, oh, he's already done it himself. Um, 
and uh, Hobbs uses this time to uh, recover and uh, manages to hit Penta with a delayed vertical suplex for a near fall to take us to a break. When we come back, there's that iffy-looking sling blade, uh, but I did like the backstabber he hit for a two-count after that. Um, Hobbs hits Penta with a big ending, or whatever it's called. Uh, that gets a two-count. Uh, he kips, kicks Hobbs to the floor, catches him with a tope, dodged him, sends him into the steps, um, and then does a double set of double foot stomps, one uh, from the top rope onto the apron uh, and one from the ring apron into the ring, uh, or, or one from the, the top rope, sorry, into the ring, but only gets a two count. Hobbs throws his shoulder up at the last second. Um, Penta sets up to hit the fear factor on Hobbs. QT Marshall jumps up on the apron, not just with the title, but a chair, and he Drops the title, and he's waving the chair around. Uh, referee's distracted. Aaron Solo comes off the top, uh, but gets kicked by Penta and hit with the fear factor himself. But again, referee's distracted. Hobbs has had time to recover. He grabs the TNT title belt, clocks Penta with it, hits him with the town business. One, two, three. It looks like they're going to beat the crap out of Alex Abrahantes again until Ray Phoenix runs down to make the save with a hammer, which I liked. Well, did uh, he even like using the hammer? I thought it was established yeah, yeah. that he was the one who was a little bit reluctant. That's What's, a good point. Uh, that's, an, that's yet another question that I had watching this show. Oh, yeah. God, I've got to get my thoughts on it. <laughs> Look, I was kind of baffled and unexcited throughout. Again, I don't know why Phoenix used the hammer. Obviously, he used it in the first match of the Best of Seven series, but he became a little bit reluctant hmm. to use it. Pac was the one who needed the hammer. Phoenix was a bit apprehensive. Penta went gung-ho with a hammer, mm -hmm. but it was always the thread was, right, okay, well, Death Triangle are on the outs because they have different ideas of how they should be winning. That being abandoned, that has been abandoned, rather. I don't know if it's visa issues or what, but that doesn't really explain this character choice for me. QT Marshall with the belt. QT Marshall, apologies. Mm -hmm. I... He was. You were meant to look at that shot and think, oh, that arsehole just wants to be on TV and he wants to have the belt. That was an effective heat for me because I'm thinking that's why he's doing all of this. Yeah. And it was all, again, the wrong questions. I just want to ask the question, who can stop Powerhouse Hobbs? Exactly. That is the question I should be asking. Who can stop Powerhouse Hobbs? Who do I want to stop mm -hmm. Powerhouse Hobbs? Not these... Where are the wires? What's the intention? Is this all a bit meta? Just this nonsense that I can't be bothered with. Um, I thought it was a bad idea to... What you've essentially done, yes, with the help of QTV, is you've just beaten, across two weeks, one of the most ever-present and exciting tag teams in AEW, when, I should point out, the tag team division isn't in the best of health. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a bad idea of opponent. It was a bad idea to do it consecutively when this was really a diminished return of the Phoenix match, which wasn't too great to begin with. So I'm thinking, why have you done a really repetitive match, a diminished return of a match, and in the process of doing both matches, both TNT title defenses, um, you've sort of undermined the tag team when the tag team division isn't at its strongest. And yes, people might point out, Sidgwick, don't you want all-star action? And weren't you getting a little bit bored of um, really predictable matches yeah. with not two all-stars colliding? Yes, I concede that point. But at the same time, I th thought there were better opponents to get this run going. And look, I don't like QTV. 
I had problems with the booking. I had problems with the just the North American corny aspect of the finish and the interference and how weightless it all is. But fair's fair. There is a temptation um, when you're analyzing wrestling that all of these wrestlers are demigods and it's all on the booker and the agents and the wrestlers are just fantastic all of the time and it's all about them getting buried and, and competent bookers. There's a spot here I thought Hobbs. If he's not fully ready yet, I asked the question, is he? Because he took a super kick from Penta that kind of grazed his forehead. The thigh slap was obvious, and he just jumped out of that ring. Yes. Oh, yeah, I noticed that, that as well. looked so fake. And I guess that's a problem with booking something like Omega versus Vikingo, because when something's so perfect, it can only reveal everything else. Mm. And I just thought that was a really bad spot. Took me out of it. You need to tighten that up next time. Or, and again, this might be an an inexperienced thing, but just ask to take it again. Or like call a different sequence. And then if you need to get that to get to the next bit of the prearranged match, sort of get that spot in like two minutes later Mm. or whatever. Because you cannot be selling for that. You just can't because it just... my investment in the match was completely broken. Yeah, I, d- I noticed that one as well. And I, I was thinking, uh, fingers crossed, he could uh, have a chat with someone like a, a Brody King, who's more sort of comfortable in this character, obviously. He's just this killer. We'll get to him in a bit. Uh, where I sense Brody would say, yeah, if someone hit me with that, I'm not going anywhere. I'd be going, you're going to have to hit me again, brother. Because like you say, it was just, yeah, it was. It's really it's took you out that Famous moment. story from Ron Van Damme. And I forget who he was working he was very early in his career, and he went to uh, Japan, not realizing quite how stiff it was over there. And he was throwing his kicks, and people just didn't sell. But he thought, as a senior person, it looked like um, trying to get mash in. Yeah. Or I'm like, I'm taking liberties. And his opponent, again, the name escapes. He was like, no, you have to hit me. I'm not selling that. I'm not selling that because it looks terrible. And um, so you learned the lesson of artists have to lay it in. <laughs> so uh, I did like one thing I saw because uh, unsurprisingly, I don't really avoid spoilers on social media for something like Rampage. Um, I would if it wasn't completely obvious who was going to win because there is a diminished enjoyment to it in theory. Sorry, I'm talking yeah, about no, Wellborn. Because I think it does lead to bad analysis and you can't hope to enjoy the show as much if you know what's going to happen. But it's rampant. You know what's going to happen. Maybe this is why I enjoyed this. Because Harley, the uh, the lady who shoots it all with her phone, I did see, I assume it's like the official QTV Twitter account, posted something that made me go, huh? Because uh, it was the bit where uh, Phoenix runs in to make the save and they've tweeted it saying like, uh, dangerous times on uh, Rampage this week. A fan jumped in the ring. And I was like, oh, that's quite... Uh, very the good. The media are wrong. Even though all media outlets know this is going to be crap and have written it off because it's crap. <laughs> so the media aren't really wrong. Uh, we got a, a video package of everything that went down on uh, Dynamite. Uh, there are some bad faith actors. Mm. I saw your thing about... Uh... Oh, yeah, the Ronda Rousey Ronda thing. Rousey criticised creative... Basically said that octogenarians who are sexist. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a second. Sorry, sorry. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? If an, if, I hate the construction of this take. I hate the fact that I'm feeding these concerned trolls, but 
if an AEW wrestler, particularly a women's wrestler, yes. considering we know the valid criticisms of that division, had come out and said the booking's absolutely crap, and then that would the amount of WWE leading journals slash aggregators slash bad faith actors who would jump on that with oof, not a great look for AEW. I went through all of them, and I think you know who I'm talking about. There's three I have in mind. Mm-hmm. Not a single one. Not a single Must have missed it. Must have. I, well, people do sleep, you know. It can't all be in the wrestling bubble all the time where you are, because it's your job. And you are on a fucking Thursday morning, dickhead. Um, I like to start shooting. <laughs> I can sense you trending in that direction. I don't want a job with the outlet these idiots work for. I wouldn't want them to work here either. No. Um, but regardless, we're getting Kenny Omega versus Jeff Cobb this week. Yeah. He's going to V-trigger him so often with the idea that he's a big lad. I can't get him on my shoulders. I've said it before a million times. Kenny Omega is not only is the is he the best of all time, he wrestles the matches that the Bad Faith actors want people that they consider him to be to wrestle. Mm. No one wrestles a big man like him. No. No one makes a luchador's... What he did for Brody King of, compared to, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No one wrestles a, you know, a luchador who some wrestling fans have suspension of disbelief issues with that style, particularly those based in the U.S. No one makes Luchador's arsenal look as deadly as he does. Mm. Spacked on Kenny Omega's name. I won't preview this one too much, even though I have, because we've got a ramp- uh, dynamite review. Yeah, Preview, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Ricky Starks comes down to the ring. I did like the... Um, the marks for Stark sign was a, was a nice... I like that. I appreciate something like that. Yeah, of course you do. Um, probably because I am one. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's calling out Juice Robinson like he said he was going to on Dynamite. Uh, let's have a fight. Let's have a medical fight then. Um, and out comes Juice. Uh, he uh, tells the sweet boy that he's going to get that ass kicking. You want to fight rock hard Juice Robinson. And he walks down to the ring, stops before he gets in there and decides, nah, I'm not doing this. He goes to walk off. Ricky Stark slides out of the ring, grabs him, hoys him back in there. Uh, Juice bails out into the crowd desperately, uh, grabbing a mic on the way uh, and saying he's going to you know, not fight him right now. No ass kicking this week or next week. He's not fighting in this crud hole. He's not fighting in bloody Missouri either. He's going to fight in a city with us. And that's New York City. Well... It's weird to build the Long Island show. Obviously, there's the obvious implication that MGF's going to be all over it. Mm-hmm. But it's weird to sell that one on this really cold program, mm. which I think a lot of people are of the opinion of, get to the point, get it over with. So that leads me to believe that's going to be something on the back of it, as they're hyping it, like a Forbidden Door thing or more Bullet Club stuff or whatever. But, my God, I was watching this, and I just felt increasingly sorry again for Juice Robinson. Ricky Starks looks put out at having to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, Even his entrance, he's not, you know, with the same... I know it's not, you know, going out for a world title the, match. The way I put it when I reviewed Dynamite on the uh, website the other week was he has got boo-boo face for a match that he's all but guaranteed to win. Yes, it's a good you point. You know what I mean? It's boo-boo face when you lose or whatever. And I'll tell you what as well. I feel increasingly sorry for Juice Robinson because Starks is performing like he's put out by doing it and above it, bored by it. 
Um, and Robinson is a guy who he really can go mm. when he's motivated and on, and he proved that for a really good stint in New Japan before the wheels came off. But he was like kind of the one thing he always had was this incredible self-belief. That's what drove his character and his push mm. and his sort of perception amongst fans of this guy's not the best that New Japan has to offer, but my God, he can talk you into a building and believe himself that he can sort of overachieve when someone like that is now sort of stumbling over their words and is embodying the broader cliches of the old character. It just feels fake and desperate, I think. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, well, the whole gang are, are basically there um, complaining about a conspiracy against them whilst it's showcased all the times that they've cheated, basically. Um, they've got problems with cue ball referees and Aubrey and what have you. Uh, tag titles got screwed out of it. Uh, Jeff Jarrett got screwed out of the international championship. One day they're going to hold on to championships one way or another. Evil laugh from Sanjay Dutt. Uh, my first film was trios. Mm-hmm. Or if you keep them strong enough, Jarrett and Lethal versus FTR could be good business. Oh yeah. Then it was time for a clash of the titans. Jake Hager versus Brody King. Uh, unsurprisingly, 
uh, hard-hitting slugfest to start us off. Uh, they spill out to the floor and basically just take it in turns, chucking each other into the ring barricades to take us to a break. We come back um, with Brody Hing hitting a really hard-hitting-looking sort of boss, boss man slam for a two-count. He goes for the pile driver. Hager counters um, with an ankle lock, and uh, JR's putting over his MMA background, of course. Uh, King manages to kick free, hits Hager with an avalanche, uh, but Hager manages to get out of the way as he goes for the cannonball. Hager goes for the Hager bomb. King gets his feet up uh, into his face and hits a discus lariat for a two count. In amongst all this, Anna Jay suddenly appears at ringside, grabs Julia Hart and sends her into a post. Um, this distracts Brody King, of course. Hager goes for this sneaky little roll-up. Uh, Brody King kicks out and... Uh, it's the all-seeing eye finisher of his for the one, two, three. This was at times nice and gnarly, I guess, with the barricade stuff. Uh, it was trending in a nice hoss fight direction until the WWE adjacent nonsense at the finish. And again, I ask, what are we doing here? Mm. Brody King going 50-50 with the JAS literally helps no one. Doesn't establish... The House of Black as these great dominant trios champions. Why would the elite? They should be really finicky about who the elite lose to. Obviously, they've had to lose to get to this point. But if the elite lose, one, it has to be infrequent. Two, it really has to mean something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does it mean now that you're building JAS versus House of Black, if they're even building it by going 50-50 in these singles matches? My God, what's so weird about Chris Jericho is that it's hard for me to not think he's on autopilot when a man who obviously has control over his creative and all roads and this sort of thing lead directly to him. So he'll have a say. Mm. Considering this guy was such a revelation as Le Champion in early 2019, and even though it was a bit uneven, that feud with MJF proved that he could do a different kind of story. It reeks to me that the dude is on autopilot because this is the most 50-50... WWE stuff ever mm. in his run. And that's just going back to what you know. That's when Jericho's kind of been maybe even institutionalized by, after all. I just don't get what they're doing here at all. This does not get me excited about a trios match. This doesn't get me excited about a potential early shocking trios title win. It doesn't make me ask when are they going to do the match. Again, the wrong questions are being asked. I'm thinking, why are you making Brody King go 50-50 mm. and just disqualify as a trios feud? Baffled, mate. Baffled by so much of this. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Because um, I love that Brody King entrance with the balaclava and all this. He looks so awesome. The presentation is so great. Lost to Garcia last week. And I get why they did that to a certain extent. You can have Garcia come out and crow about it as he wants the coal match. But yeah, in terms of long-term stuff with with the House of Black, and particularly with Brody King, like building him up, as you alluded to earlier, Kenny Omega knocked him down eventually. But Jesus Christ, did it take him long enough? Yeah, in the best way possible. That sounds like I was moaning about it. In the best way of like chopping yeah, down yeah, the yeah, tree. Yeah. And now it's just a bit like, oh, it's only Brody King. I'm with you. It mm. just feels so careless the way they've put him in these matches. Basically, uh, Kenny Omega should be booking this promotion. And working every match because he's the best. Yes, yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> um, Swerve Strickland. Miss seeing him recently. Uh, he pops up in a video uh, saying he's uh, he's going to win the war basically against Keith Lee. Um, he's gonna. He may have taken out his other mates 
Um, but he's going to bring in a new affiliate that you wouldn't expect, and he's hanging out with a rapper called Tech Nine that I don't know anything about, if I'm perfectly honest. I didn't expect the first two affiliates to be fair, so he's probably true to his word. Um, I they haven't abandoned it. It'll need a bloody good heat angle or a good promo exchange to get me really jazzed about this. It feels like it's completely died on the vine. It's when he popped up, because we love Swerve here, obviously, at What Culture. Um, he popped up. And I was like, oh, there he is. I don't like it when they do that because I think that, but we cover it for a job so I can just go, I'll just scroll through my notes and remember what... Sometimes it does feel like they've gone, oh, bloody hell, we haven't done anything with Swerve for yeah. three weeks. I'll just hold your little video on didn't, Rampage. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. It didn't feel like the character wanted to speak there and then or that he was really important. He's been biding his time or anything. It was just yeah, like, exa- oh, we can exactly. squeeze you in. Didn't feel like he was biding his time. That's the best way of putting it. Um, Layla Gray versus Taya Valkyrie was next. Uh, of course, Taya Valkyrie uh, given a cease and desist, which is not legally binding, as they were keen to emphasize on the, on commentary. But regardless, she she broke the law, sort of, because uh, huh? I mean, it was <laughs> it was a one minute match. It was Taya Valkyrie dominating and saying, "Ah, oh, well." Good job, I don't hit the jaded. And then hitting the road to Valhalla for the one, two, three. Mark Sterling goes in afterwards uh, to to get into it with her with his clipboard and his cease and desist. And, of course, Valkyrie chins him and then hits him with the road to Valhalla as well. Good angle. Yeah. I quite enjoyed this. I continue to be bemused at how much I want this match that I never, ever would have booked myself, or fantasy booked myself, rather. And the idea is that a super rare woman-on-man in the gender spot brings down the house every single time so long as you don't do it too often. And uh, I think they did that here. This match is going to be, like, really over, I think. Yeah. And we're going to get the return of neck brace Mark Sterling, so. I was going to... I'm not going to... Oh, my God, for that. (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite there yet. Um, We get a uh, a little video package on... uh, on the former tag team champions, the acclaimed, and then Mark does his thing. Well, oh, they're already. Looks like we've had enough time. It's time for the main event, which I was quite looking forward to because uh, I always like to see a bit of the kingdom on my television. Obviously, the acclaimed as well, and he had a little space of. Uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange on commentary. Well, well, Daddy Magic on commentary. Cool Hand Ange didn't have another headset. It's a highlight for me. Yeah. It really spot. It really like perked this up for me. The fact they didn't have another headset and he just was like not bothered by it, but also fuming that he couldn't do it. Yeah. He's just sort of yelling into Daddy Magic's mic. And if anything should happen, and I would not want to wish it on anyone on that commentary team, but if you ever want to write someone off for a bit in a storyline or whatever, someone you know attacks Tony Schiavone again or something like that, Get Daddy Magic in because he's a joy. He gets raves on elevation. Yeah. Um, just little asides like, hey, we love rap music. And they're doing their entrance and what have you. And poor uh, poor Mike Bennett's being called a cook. And they're like, <laughs> good, uh, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good material that. They're just the best. Um, and uh, the match starts with Maria. Offering a scissor to one of the acclaimed, and uh, of course, uh, uh, oh no, it was it was Taven uh, attacks to uh, to take control early on. Um, 
But the acclaimed fight back and hit Mike Bennett with a backstabber neckbreaker combo for a near fall. Uh, Bennett gets the sesame timbers. Taven gets dumped to the floor. We go to a split screen break. When we come back, the kingdom are... Uh, have gotten heat on Max Caster. Uh, he gets hit with a Taven super kick and a Mike Bennett spear for a two count. Um, Taven hits a spin kick um, and the kingdom tell... Uh, there we go. Tell <laughs> Billy Gunn. Don't sing me again. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pop out of me as well watching this. Um, and he jumps up on the apron. Um, Maria distracts Max Caster. And they managed, the Kingdom managed to hit him with another double team as the referee's all distracted with everyone else, of course. Um, that was the bit, I had to rewind, that was the bit where Maria lost one of her shoes because when she was running up the ramp, I was like, why is she only in one shoe? Yes. She tried to slip one of her shoes to uh, to her teammates, uh, <laughs> the shoe that eventually Billy gone was going to end the show by putting on. And I'm fairly certain someone, do the fucking scissor, we've got 10 seconds left or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, never mind about the shoe, yeah, let's yeah, do the scissor yeah. thing. Um, Billy Gunn on the apron, humping it and doing the scissor at the same time was the highlight of the match for me. He uh, he chased Maria up the ramp and then top flight made sure she got out of there whilst JR said, Maria didn't have to leave. Uh, why not, Jim? There's a bell. cheating. Got chased off by the baby faces. You know, I'm surprised he didn't say, well... Hate to see it go, but oh, I love God. to watch her leave. Yeah. That's coming next week, Jim. Just Tony Khan, have a backbone and say to the headset, stop being a pervert. Yeah. And, like objectifying your women. Yeah, she wasn't doing the whole like New Japan, oh, I'm, I'm being sexy on the apron. She was like, I want to do the scissor. And they're like, oh, okay. And boom, dropped you. Old habits die hard. Why does she have to leave? Why did she have to go? I miss my Maria. Oh, God damn it, you're a pervert. Sick of this. Uh, Billy, Been years of this. Billy Gunn takes out Mike Bennett on the outside. He's just tapping him on the head. Wasted one of my best tweets when I wasn't really over, you know, years and years ago. Oh. Jerry Lawler was the second horniest Attitude Era commentator. That's good, good stuff, that. yeah. Uh, Bowens gets the hot tag, makes the comeback on Taven, takes out Bennett with a super kick, rolling elbow on Taven, uh, the arrival, the mic drop, one, two, three, uh, and post-match, uh, you get the uh, the standing ovation from uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange, who I should point out have promised to take the boys out on the town. They've got a little kitty from uh, Chris Jericho. So I'm very excited to see what on earth they do on Dynamite with this. Oh, I, I love Dynamite still. I think Dynamite the last two or three weeks has been cracking. Ever since Revolution, I've thought Dynamite, return to form, yeah. all the major mysteries and the top-line storylines, which are, yes, deft and dovetailing. Great. Rampage can kiss my ass. <laughs> and kiss my ass and suck my kick. Because, oh, my God, <laughs> there's one squash, three... Proper matches, if you like. All three was like WWE interference stuff mm. and add-ons out the ass. Uh, God damn it, I just felt like I was watching a WWE show. 50-50 mm. booking, interferences, flat crowd, cooled off top acts in the acclaimed who now appear to just exist. I felt like I was watching a WWE show, and guess what? Elements of the WWE show on Friday were significantly better. T-shirt stuff. The T-shirt stuff was uh, was 
Oh my god. Yeah. What a lovely one. I love that the only the only oh my god we get on this is for the SmackDown thing. Yeah. Wow. Honestly, I know the listeners of this pod probably lean AEW as yeah. you'd expect. And yeah. many of them might not even watch WWE and catch up with it through our podcast. It's worth checking out the t shirt stuff with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, bearing in mind like the lovely contrast between how the bloodline treats Sami with t shirts, like either manipulating him, yeah. gaslighting him. Yeah sort of making him feel like he belongs, but doing that by really sort of being horrible to then Kevin Owens just making him a lovely T-shirt and saying that, oh, you're better than I am at the minute. I'm just happy to be with you again. Oh, my God. Double oh my God for the Fed on the Rampage review, so my gag. Uh, do you want a little bit of a... Little su- dynamite. Yeah. And do you want a little bit of a su- little bit of a surprise, a little present from me? Huh? You get two Rampages off now. Why? Next weekend, we'll be far too busy with all the mania stuff. Thank you. Weekend after, it's Easter, so we'll be off on Easter Monday. So, unfortunately, by that time, it's just... I'm going to be in uh, Northumberland. Ooh. Enjoying a nice little uh, four-day break. And not watching AW Rampage if you don't have to. Sometimes Kenny does a trios match on there. Good point. Let's not completely rule it out. Not going to rule it out completely. <laughs> anyway, let us know your thoughts on this episode of AW Rampage on Twitter. At WhatCultureWWE. Always watch the YouTube highlights to be a completionist. It's my job. Yeah. Same as I do for SmackDown. <laughs> you can follow. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just thought of a uh, tortoise on a skateboard. Uh, ah. You can follow Michael Sidgwick on Twitter at... Oh, this was laboured. At M. Sidgwick. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilburn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Check out the SmackDown review of myself and Michael Hamlet. It's available right now. Uh, myself and the Daddy Boys will be back later on today to preview the go-home episode ahead of WrestleMania of Raw. But for now, this has been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.